Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Van Hack Podcast. I am Nija Panitza, marketing specialist at Van Hack, and I'm here today with our squad, our tech recruiter squad. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Um, so they're all from our uh, tech recruiter team. Jorge is the manager of the team. Uh, Cecilia and Monique are talent managers, and uh, they will give you um, very like insightful tips to help you um, with your job hunting journey um, in Canada or US or Europe. So let's jump into the uh, first question because I need to know you more, guys. So first things first, can you please introduce yourselves? Sure, I can go first. Uh, I'm Moniki Rosa. I've been working with technology and people uh, since 2008. Um, I am graduated um, in uh, human resources, but I must say that I, I never really like it to work with human resources. I was always in the middle of meetings with the tech team. And, um, well, I really love uh, technology. And uh, I've been working as a recruiter, as uh, people management, uh, in the people management field, always in the tech, uh, tech teams. Um, I also did some solution consultant and um, junior developer myself. Nice to okay. meet you, Monique. So nice to have you here. So now let's um, get to know Cecilia. Yeah, thank you, Nidia. Uh, so I'm Cecilia. I'm a tech recruiter and talent manager here at Benhack. I've been working with HR for the past 12 years, <laughs> over 10 years now, uh, and uh, with um, more with talent management and uh, recruitment for the past six years. And uh, I am actually a major in cross-cultural communication. Uh, I have a master's degree in cross-cultural communication and international management. And I always like to say that I could combine both my passions of like being a recruiter and actually working with people from all around the world now that I am here at Benhack. Uh, so it has been a very great journey to be part of this team and be able to um, get to know so many different people, so many great candidates like um, from everywhere. So yeah, this has been a very nice um, place to work for. Awesome, Cecilia. Thank you for sharing. And now let's go with Jorge. Hi, everyone. So my name is Jorge, although uh, depending on where you're from, uh, some people can call me George, might be easier for them. I am the head of recruitment at Benhack. Uh, I've been in this position for close to six months now. Before then, I was a talent manager like Cecilia and Monique. Uh, I've been with Benhack for close to three years now, and I've actually been working in recruitment for around four to four and a half years. So most of my journey as a recruiter has been with Vanhack, which I love because it's a great environment to work in. Um, I really believe in our, in our mission and what we do uh, in terms of helping both our candidates and our customers find great talent. Um, and I, you know, I really get a kick out of the, out of the work that we, that we do here. So um, I actually, interestingly, I majored in linguistics um, so my eventual career decision to switch to recruitment was sort of me 
uh, trying to find something that merged with what, with what I'd like to do. Um, after I, I graduated from university, I actually worked as a teacher. I was a professor at the university. I taught um, English as a second language as well as literature uh, at the university. Then I started uh, working in sales and from sales, don't ask me how, I sort of naturally transitioned into recruiting. Um, and it's been a few years. I've loved every single moment of it. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit more about me. So nice, Jorge. Yes, I think that's because sales, it's all related to people as well. As well. So maybe that's, that's the reason why you made the transition. Yeah, yeah well, um, teaching gave me a lot of like the, 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 the skills that, that I still use nowadays, like in terms of, uh, you know, coaching and, 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 and helping people out. I do get like a lot of satisfaction from, from supporting people throughout their journey, whether that's learning a new skill or finding a new job. Sales, you know, gave me a different set of skills. And I found that recruiting sort of combines all of those in a very, very nice way. So I intend to stay in the industry for the, for the long term. It's something that I really enjoy. So, yeah. Yes, very nice to have you here, guys. And um, yeah, talking like from a marketing perspective, it's just amazing to see how committed is our tech recruiter team and how we really support uh, the candidates. So I'm the candidate side. So I'm so you know proud to be working with such a talented team. So yes, uh, Monique, let's talk a bit about the selection process at VanHack. So what happens after a recruiter posts a job in our platform? Sure. Um, so this is something that I'm answering daily basis. Um, we we are not, uh, I would say that we are not an recruitment agency as some other companies in the marketing. Uh, we are a company that we were born to be a mentorship program. So we are super focused on the candidates and people that are looking for uh, change their lives and not just switching jobs. Um, so after uh, posting the job, uh, we will, we will start receiving some people applying to this to this job. Uh, we will pre-selected some based on their profiles and some other uh, things in the job description. And the, after pre-selecting these candidates, we will present them to the hiring partners, the companies that approach VanHack to have access to our VanHackers. And uh, it will change from company to company. Some companies has three steps recruiting process. Some companies has five or more, believe me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my work is to check all the candidates, pre-select them, have uh, screenings, first screenings with them. Sometimes I already know them, so I don't have to have a full interview with them, which is not, I don't call ref, uh, interview. I call getting to know them and uh, letting them uh, get into Novenhack as well. And uh, well, that's the, the main, um, that's the, the, the main process, but it's nice to remember uh, the candidates, the Venhackers, that in this uh, recruiting process, we always have the success team. Other, uh, it's another team inside Venhack that will be helping them, um, making uh, mock interviews, to get them prepared to present themselves uh, and have most success as possible from the interviews with the clients. Those mock interviews 
can be um, some tips and tricks on how to present them, um, but all, also uh, for tech interviews. So it's very important the the candidates, the event hackers, to stick to the process, be in close contact with the talent managers. In this case, myself, Cecilia, and Jorge in the past. But also uh, be sure that they will do the mock interviews. This is super important. So oh. absolutely important. Yes, because I I I can imagine how um, is like the tech interview with a hiring company can be challenging, right? So it's stressful sometimes. So having the mock interview before that, it's just a peace of mind. Amazing. So um, I, I'd love to hear from you, you three, like uh, Monique, Jorge, Cecilia, what catches your attention uh, on someone's profile? Like what are the things you, you always look for? Um, when you are seeing like a uh, candidate's profile? Um, I can start. Um, one thing that some, uh, I've, I've noticed that not all candidates do, but I always like to take a look at is uh, their GitHub. So there's an option on our Hack profiles for candidates to add uh, their GitHub link. And I know, so things are gonna, I'm, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this uh, later on, but things depending on who the person in charge of the hiring process is on the client side. It could be an HR manager, it could be a talent manager who doesn't have a technical background, but it could also be someone from their existing tech team, whether that's their CTO or a tech lead or an engineering manager that really depends on the size of the company. Uh, and I know for a fact that these uh, types of people really like to look deep into the candidates' uh, GitHub to see, you know, how many commits they're making, how active they are in the community, whether they're doing some open source uh, kind of things. So one thing that really catches my attention whenever I'm reviewing a candidate's profile is I usually go to their to their GitHub. I don't have a technical background, so for me, a lot of what is there is not, you know. Um, super revealing uh, on whether somebody is actually a really good developer or not, but I like to see that they have it and how active they are, um, especially because uh, in GitHub, you can actually filter on what types of projects the people are working on. So if they have like a relevant project in the language, for instance, let's say it's a C++ developer or a Node.js developer, I would look to see how many commits they've made on that specific uh, language or stack. And that would naturally make me uh, more inclined to select them to, to the process because they're aligned to what the customer is looking for. So that is one thing that I I, I don't I, I think some people take for granted, like just create my, my Van Hack profile and do the English verification and the code and that's it. But there are other small things that will also uh, increase your chances of getting picked. Um, that's one thing for me that I was uh, from the top of my head. Perfect. And, yeah, you, you, I think like you need really to showcase that you were, you know, interested in getting that job, like in moving abroad or whatever but i think yeah the profile is something very important for you guys and um the tech challenges or code challenges sorry and github that you just mentioned it, are very important nice thank you jorge yeah. and to yeah. add to that media like uh and jorge like going into what uh, jorge was saying 
it's super important for us to see a lot a lot of evidence in the profile that the candidate has actually worked with the main skills and the secondary skills that they add to their profile. Uh, so it's super important for us like to read not only that you work for that company or uh, that you were a full stack developer, but actually what have you done in that company? So what were the main accomplishment that, accomplishments that you had? So we need some supporting evidence that can help us take a look at your profile and already be very walled by it. So uh, you, if you add the more information that is relevant that you add to your profile, uh, will help us pick you uh, for the next steps. Uh, so if like, for example, uh, here at VanHack, uh, the candidates, they are um, kind of like free for all of the recruiters. So we all can um, chat with them, check in with them, do screening calls with them. And uh, so, and there's a huge pool of talent that we are, uh, where we are searching for the perfect candidate. So if you're not with your profile completed uh, with a lot of great information explaining what you did, uh, the technology that you use the most, and if it's not well up to date, uh, it's going to be harder for us to pick you, to do the screening calls, to share you with uh, the, the hiring partners. So this is one of the things that really call, catches my attention. When the candidate not only adds um, their um, a little bit of the job description, like a couple of tasks or something, something like that, but actually add some nice side path projects uh, when they add that they are learning something different, um, especially if you are working for a long time with the same language and you're like, okay, now I would really like to start uh, working with, I don't know, Node.js and you haven't had any kind of professional experience. So it's super important to showcase to us uh, in the side projects that you have been for example, doing something by yourself. It doesn't have to be a professional experience, but at least to give us a hint that, oh, okay, I've been working with this by myself, not professionally uh, on the side, uh, and I am very interested in going into that direction. So always have it up to date to the latest technologies that you're working with, uh, the things that you want to do next in your career. So that's something that really um, catches my attention when people put a lot of like good and relevant information in the profile. Yeah, just to expand on that a little bit, um, a lot of our customers, especially the ones that are more, you know, smaller to medium-sized startups, they, they, they have this way of looking at candidate profiles that um, I think, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm using the correct terminology, Cecilia, you might be able to correct me here, I think it's tech agnostic. So they, not they are not necessarily going to hire you based on the skills that you have, but on the potential that you show. So, um, so what Cecilia was mentioning is very important. Um, I've had people hired for certain, certain positions, just to use a random example. I've had people hired for like a Golang developer job, people who have no experience with Golang, but they show that they're interested in that. They have some side projects uh, done in Golang and they're actually a very, very solid engineers. Um, that's usually very, very uh, attractive for customers, especially if we're dealing with, again, with like a CTO or an engineering manager who will be able to identify uh, who will be a good fit, regardless of whether they actually currently have the skills. A lot of our hiring partners uh, like to hire based on potential and not just existing skills. Um, and something else that Cecilia was saying is very interesting. So uh, a lot of candidates make the, um, uh, I don't want to call it mistake, but they, they Usually when they're describing their current job, they just list the, the, the technologies that they're using. Um, 
our hiring partners like to see more than that. So they want to see what kind of impact you've had on the project. So when you're writing what you're doing on your current job, just go beyond just saying, oh, I use React.js, Node.js, JavaScript, or this. Like explain, I was able to optimize the, you know, the way the platform worked on, you know, 30, 40, 50%. I was able to bring down, you know, deployment times from this to that. So those kind of things, the impact that you've had on the, uh, on the project are also very interesting, uh, interesting, aside from just, you know, listing the skills that you have and that you used at that job. So, yes, I, uh, sorry, uh, Nidia, um, I would like to expand on that because I recently got um, Evan Hack hired uh, to a leadership position. He never had uh, this experience before, but he listed on his profile uh, some side jobs, some side projects um, where he he were working as a PO and not as a front-end developer. So um, my client was interested on that. I had a call with uh, this fan hacker, understanding his experience on that. And well, by the end, he got his first uh, job as um, as uh, a lead um, in a abroad company, um, which is huge for him, just because he could explain and he could showcase uh, that he, um, as, even given the fact that he never worked in a leadership position, he had a potential to be a great leader and to understand the whole scenario in a project. Um, from this question uh, about what catches me, uh, my attention on someone's profile, well, I am a talent manager and sometimes the candidate doesn't have the best profile there. They didn't um, work it on, put all the informations there. So I will always try to bring uh, uh, more information, talking to them or checking GitHub's, um, LinkedIn. But as George mentioned, sometimes we'll have not only the talent manager checking your profile, we'll have the companies. And for some companies, they don't have a tech person checking your profile. They have an HR person checking your profile. And uh, usually the, the HR doesn't have tech background to understand your GitHub, to understand the language that you linked in your profile. So we have a session inside the platform that allows you to do code challenges. And for some HR, they will check that you got 80% score on some code challenges. And they will, uh, they will uh, have you for the first rounds in the process just because they, they noticed that you could um, complete a code challenge for the language or the, the, the stack. The, the, the framework that they are looking for and you had a good rate. So I encourage everybody, every Van Hacker to take, to take one or two, three uh, code challenges. This is very important and uh, can be uh, the difference between being picked by the HR uh, from our hiring partners or not. Amazing, you guys. Thank you very much. I, I just wanted to, to mention something here that it was very inspiring Irrational, let's say, um, when you talked about like people that got hired without having like, you know, that experience in some, um, some of the skills that I re required. So uh, if you're listening to us right now, 
I think you can, if you are thinking of rather or not apply to a job, if you don't have like, you know, maybe you have four years experience, you're experienced professional, but you are changing maybe, uh, you know, skills right now. So just uh, put your efforts within your profile. Uh, let the company know, let Hack knows that you were, uh, you know, making projects, uh, building other, you know, side jobs as Monique just mentioned. So I think this is very important. All right, so thank you so much. Uh, Cecilia, I think you can add something about uh, English verification as well, right? Because yeah, you guys mentioned about uh, portfolio code challenges, um, but I think English verification is another very important step. Yes, Nidia, uh, what we always like take a look at and it calls my attention a lot is when a candidate has a, a well done uh, first pitch. In this first pitch, uh, it's going to be uh, usually in their video when they're making like the, their um, verification English verification. So this is something that can help us to understand a little bit more about you and how do you how well do you communicate. So I have already told a lot of candidates and van hackers that um, I usually uh, the, one of the first things I do is to press play on the first video and take a look at how the candidate uh, can express his, uh, expresses himself herself because um, what happens here is this is kind of like a pre-screening um, part of the process for us and especially for hiring partners. Sometimes just by seeing your video, a hiring partner can say, yes, I like the vibe on this video. This person is super engaged. I think this is someone that has all the right, um, at least the right tools and the right technologies that we're look looking for and they can really express themselves well. So this is uh, used by us a lot and by the hiring managers as well. So it's something that um, you don't have to have the most perfect English, guys. This is something that I tell everyone. Uh, we're, a lot of companies, they, it, it doesn't matter if you don't have like a gram, grammarly, like all the grammar correctly, all the like big vocabulary, but actually if you can communicate well. How do you uh, how do you sound? How do you tell about yourself? And what's best uh, to to do then? Talk about yourself and talk about talk about your accomplishments. So this is why uh, I always tell my candidates to um, do the English verification. It's something that's going to help to uh, your profile to get more visualiz more visualizations uh, to hiring partners to uh, already get to know you a little bit. Uh, within those two minutes. So I always uh, tell that this is a very important part. And every time that uh, uh, one of the profiles do not have um, the, the videos, I'm like, oh, I really would like to have the videos just to check how, this, how is this candidate? How does they, uh, how do they um, talk about themselves? Because when we are doing the screening calls, like the, the, um, the first uh, interviews, the getting to know you call, this is the first thing we ask. Uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Give me an overall um, an overall explanation of, of what have you done for the past couple of years, and tell us what you're uh, what you're most proud of, like of what you've done, like the projects that you have faced, the best, like the the, the challenges in your career. So uh, it's quite important to do this uh, this step uh, for all these reasons. Uh, I think that yeah this is something that should definitely be on your list of things to do when making your uh, Van Hack profile. So just don't be embarrassed and go for it. Two minutes of video can be like, can worth, right? Can really yes. Work. 
<laughs> get you an international job. So <laughs> amazing. Um, thank you, Cecilia. Jorge, um, what happens after you send like a candidate for a hiring partner? Um, how long does uh, this process usually take? Okay, so um, this is a very interesting question because uh, we have to understand that we work with a very wide variety of companies. Like we work from the smallest, smallest startups. We've literally, and I, I think this Cecilia is actually doing that right now. We're literally helping companies hire their CTO so that they can then expand to hire um, more people from their tech team. So we work with companies on that scale. We also work, work with like smaller, but not well-established uh, or not as well-established um, startups that want to grow their team, medium-sized, very, very large companies as well. Like um, uh, we currently work with what I think is probably the biggest uh, corporation in Canada. So this is going to change quite a Bit, depending on the type of company that, that we're talking about. Uh, for the smaller companies or medium-sized companies, the process tends, tends to move a little bit faster. They don't have as, as much you know, red tape or bureaucracy. The, the profiles of the candidates don't have to go through so many people to get approval. So usually the processes can be anywhere from maybe two to three weeks or even a week. Um, I think the fastest hire that we've ever made was around six days from the moment that we presented the candidate to the moment that the candidate got an offer. But um, as Monique was saying um, at the beginning of, of this conversation, um, some companies have quite a few more steps in their process. So this can take a little bit longer. So I would say anywhere from the average would be anywhere from a couple of weeks to around four, five, or even six weeks, depending on the company. Um, and what usually happens after we share a profile with a candidate is that um, we like to have weekly or bi-weekly check-ins with our customers. And during these conversations, we like to bring the candidates um, to the table just to get an understanding of you know, uh, whether the candidates are a good match for the job, how close are we in terms of um, the matching that they're looking for for this particular position. Uh, and then it, it's just a matter of following up with the customer and making sure that everything goes as well as possible. So the talent managers um, are, I like to describe it as the bridge that connects the, the hiring partner to the, to the companies, sorry, to the, to the candidates. So we're there every step of the way. So every time that a, can, a company wants to move forward with a candidate, um, we'd like to, as Monique said as well at the beginning of the conversation, make sure that they're well prepared, whether that is uh, if it's a screening or an HR interview, that's going to be through a mock interview preparation, or if it's a technical interview, or if it's a final interview when you're going to be talking to like either the CTO or the CEO or like a panel interview. Um, it's important that candidates understand that the process is going to be widely different from one company to another. I've rarely seen companies that have exactly the same uh, structure. Sometimes they do, but there are some variations in between. So this is going to be very different depending on the company that you're applying for. Uh, but usually a talent manager like Moniki or like Cecilia is going to be there to guide you every step of the way uh, and make sure that you are as successful as possible. And if you're not, then we'll also be there to provide feedback and make sure that um, 
you know, uh, you can be prepared or better prepared or improve on some of the mistakes that you made during that process so that for the next time that you're applying for a job and that are being considered, you can take those into consideration and improve upon them accordingly. Guys, if I can uh, say something here as well, like adding to what uh, Jorge said, um, as soon as uh, a candidate is uh, shortlisted to a position, what's going to happen is it's going to be a time until uh, the company actually take, takes a look uh, at your profile. And as I always say, like we're going to be there nagging the company to see your profile. So we want to uh, set you up for success and to be, as Jorge said, that bridge between the company and the candidate. So we will always be um, asking the company to, okay, have you seen the shortlisted candidates that we have sent you? Um, how are the candidates looking? So we want to sell the candidates. That's why I think uh, Jorge in the beginning said, I don't know why I came from sales to recruitment, but this is what we do. Like we showcase your profiles, we sell your profiles, and we want to help you succeed during the whole steps of the process. So uh, one thing that we have to do, and every time that you are in one of the processes we with Benhack is to understand what are the next steps. As Jorge said, it might vary a lot from company to company, but you can definitely expect some steps that uh, are going to be there. So uh, a first screening with someone from the company usually happens. Um, even if it is like a questionnaire that the company sends you to understand a little bit, bit better about you, uh, some coding challenge at some point. So this might be a coding challenge that's a test that's sent over to you or a the company might use our tests. So that's also something that's important about our coding challenges. Sometimes the company relies on our coding challenges to uh, make sure that you, uh, the, the candidate has the skills necessary for that position. So that's why it's also important to um, take your time during your weekend to take to uh, do the coding challenges because uh, you will be, um, how can I say, like uh, if this was a race, you would be put in first if you already had a coding challenge done uh, when a hiring manager is looking at your profile. Because if all the other candidates don't have it, you're going to be the first one probably for them to take a look at if you have a very good um, score on that particular task that they're looking for. So you can either do a code, they can either look for the coding challenge in, your, in our platform, they can use their own coding challenges. Uh, there might be um, uh, a live coding exercise, a whiteboard exercise, and usually a final round would be something with uh, either the CEO, the CTO of the company. I have even seen a cultural, a, a cultural fit step at the end of the process where you actually talk to someone from HR. So it does vary a lot, but us as talent managers and um, recruiters, we're there to help you guide you through the process. And the success team is there as well to help you go through the important steps, like the first chat with the company and the last uh, step where we can help you go through the process, um, being a success, like a successful candidate in the end and guaranteeing an offer. That's something that um, you cannot uh, not do like really every time that we send you a mock request. A mock request is a, a mock is a preparation uh, for your interview. So sometimes some people get confused with the name, uh, but it's a preparation for the calls that you're going to have with the company. And uh, Canadian companies, companies from Europe, uh, the way that they do processes and what they uh, want to hear from candidates might 
also vary a lot from what you're used to within your own country. So always be careful not to say, oh, I have been through so many hiring uh, processes before in my country. I've been so successful. I have received tons of offers. But it might be very different just because of cultural differences. So don't uh, don't try to um, uh, not uh, do the preparation before because you think that okay, this is I, I'm, I already have this because uh, I've done so many in my country because it is different. It is quite different in other countries than it will be in yours. Thank you, uh, Cecilia, Jorge. Yes, I think um, I'd like to hear uh, something about like the areas of improvement or opportunities for our um, candidates, like since a candidate starts their um, his or her journey within our platform, can you see any areas of improvement or the, the mistakes that it, they can avoid? I think Cisa just mentioned about the mock interview, like skip the mock interview. And there's like yes. this cultural... Uh, thing that we have to consider so even if you have lots of experience even if you you know get tons of job offers before uh, Canada Europe US uh, there are different countries right so I think this could be like one mistake is keep the, the mock interview can be definitely one mistake uh, but if you guys could please you know like our tech recruiters here uh, just add more mistakes on the plate so how our candidates can avoid them? I can, um, I can start there. One of the main um, mistakes that I've seen candidates make or uh, areas that they could potentially improve is not researching the company that you're applying for. Uh, you can't uh, show up to an interview uh, without even understanding what the product that the company is building, even if it's a screening call. Even if it's just like a call that you're going to have with someone from HR who just wants to get to know you and see if you'd be a good match for the role in terms of your skills, um, some questions might pop up or will likely pop up regarding like, okay, so why do you see yourself working for our company? What do you like about our product? Um, but where do you see yourself in this structure? What kind of growth are you expecting to have with us? And if you don't do your due diligence with researching um, the, the companies properly, um, that is probably the, the biggest mistake and something that's not going to get you even past the first interview. So researching the company very well, whether that's through their website, their careers page, understanding their values, um, even like going to Glassdoor and reading like what kind of reviews they have on Glassdoor, uh, what other employees have said about the company. Those are all things that, and, and it, it will add uh, an extra point to your application if you can bring like a really interesting question to the to the, the person that's interviewing you. If you can ask them a question that they're not expecting, uh, that lets them know that you did your research on them and that you know what they're what they're what they're hiring for and that you know what what they do, uh, that usually makes a very very huge difference. I agree, Jorge. Thank you so much for sharing. And I think we are almost um, getting to the end. So I wanted to hear something, you know, like a piece of advice, uh, golden tips, let's say from this uh, very uh, committed tech recruiters team uh, to our Van Hackers, to the candidates that are listening to us right now. So what do you just say? I think the, the one thing that uh, Jorge has said now, like prepar 
I always say that preparation is key. So uh, to prepare for each step of the process, I think that's the golden rule for every uh, every single process that you uh, take a part in. So don't think that because you have 15 years of experience or uh, 20 years of experience in something that uh, you know all about um, uh, what you like you know all about the technologies and things like that. So be a little bit humble and understand that every process is a different process. So it's important for you to always be on top of uh, what are the skills that are necessary for this position? What have I done regarding uh, what this company is asking for, for this specific job description? So getting the job description, understanding what are going to be the daily responsibilities, uh, the day-to-day -day basis of what you're going to do, what are going to be the tasks and uh, the main uh, tech skills that are necessary from you, and also the soft skills that this company is searching for. It's important for you to always have it like on top of your head. So one good tip that I always have for my candidates is to look for um, at the job description and see it as the questions to a test. So the interview is a test and you have to prepare for it. Where are the questions to the test? You have already have them in the job description. So what you can do is get each one of the lines in the job description and write something about uh, for yourself in a, in a Word document, in a Google Doc, uh, that you are, what have you done regarding that? What were the projects that you were involved that you can showcase what you did regarding that line in the job description and do it for every job, do it for every process and uh, try to have it like by on your hand, like uh, even if it's a, on a piece of paper by your side on um, uh, your second screen, I know you guys all have another monitor. So have it there, like at least with bullet points for you to remember uh, what to say during the interview. This is like, for me, this has always helped uh, when I was doing any kind of, um, of process to remember what we've done. Because sometimes we don't prepare because we're like, okay, I know what I did. I know what I've done in the past. I know my experience. I know how to talk about, my, about myself. But sometimes you just like go like it's a blank um, blue screen <laughs> uh, moment that you have. And then it's good for you to have at least those uh, bullet points to uh, keep in mind what you want to talk about during the interview. So really, really, really great tip, uh, Cecilia. I, I would um, I, I would say my my main advice for candidates, uh, I'd like to go beyond just preparation and like preparing your profile and, and how you approach the research to a company. I would, this is more related to the Van Hack process. My, my golden tip would be perseverance. Like don't give up. The fact that you apply for, you know, a hundred or 150 jobs and you haven't gotten hired doesn't necessarily mean that you will never be hired for a position. Um, obviously, if you follow uh, some of the advice that we've, we've given uh, throughout this conversation, your chances of getting higher will be, you know, significantly higher. Uh, but um, there will be times where you are going to apply for a position and you never get called for an interview, or you get called for an interviewer and are, and are not to, and are not successful during that process. Uh, use all of that as learning material and as a learning opportunity for you to improve for future processes. Uh, and just don't give up. Persevere. Like we've had. Um, candidates who have, you know, had probably, you know, 
tens of interviews with our with our customers and have applied for many 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 positions um and it takes them a while to get a job but eventually they get there like through hard work determination uh and perseverance uh you will definitely make it so my golden tip would be persevere and don't give up just because you're not successful during your first you know three four or five interviews yes i would say the same um i had the plan uh, um um, history to, to tell here about candidates of uh, van hackers of mine uh, that uh, got refused in the first two three um, jobs that they applied for different uh, um, reasons and those were the reasons that we worked together to improve and to make sure that they would have the best chances in the in the next opportunity so do not give up um, I have one super small history that I would like to share here. Um, it was a candidate. My uh, the hiring partner um, gave me uh, a feedback saying that didn't really like the the posture of the Van Hacker in the in the interview. Um, the Van Hacker seems to not be super uh, um, engaged. She uh, was never answering a question um, uh, when asked. Uh, the recruiter had to ask three, three two three times until the, 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 the Van Hacker, the candidate, uh, answer. And well, it seems that this candidate had an issue. She uh, has an issue with her ear and she used uh, a, a device. And the, this device wasn't very uh, set up, right set up in her ear. So that's why she was not really into the, the, the interview. She was not listening well to the questions. So we noticed that I gave her the feedback. She uh, went to the doctor, adjust the, the device on her ear. And uh, in the second shot, she, uh, she was successful and uh, she got the job and she probably will be relocating to Canada soon. So this is, yes, uh, try to be prepared, um, do the mock interviews and never give up. Thank you so much, Jorge, Moniki, Cecilia, for sharing those golden tips. So if you were listening to us, you just learned so much from our tech recruiters team. So just go to vanhack.com and join us today. Thank you, guys, and see you next in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Van Hack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at vanhack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.